Hi everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I am Bree. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to another week, another episode of CSA Talk. Before we begin, this is a safe space for you, for any of you. If you, whenever you want to come here, just to listen to two girls talking about their favorite science crime fighting show, we got you. Well, so before we begin with our episode today, which is a season one review and a few, a few series that we have on season two, two snake picks for season two began i'm just gonna do a public appeal here <laughs> look one of the taglines for the csi vegas season one was that csi was the number one tv show in over 146 countries so why every time they release a sneak peek is not available for everyone like, I, I know I'm lucky enough to have Brie as one of my closest friends. And she can do some stuff and bring me the information and share the information with me. But some other people are not so lucky. I'm just making a public appeal for specifically whoever runs the CSI Crime Team Investigation channel on YouTube. Can you please make those videos available worldwide? Okay, I promise we don't bite. <laughs> I mean, it's almost it's the most heavenly week. We're not vampires, so like. And I'm not a witch. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Can you just make it available for the whole world? It's and yes, and thank you, Apple, for doing a good update where we can actually do something like that on YouTube. Thank you, Apple. Thank you. No, can you please make this available, please? Please, it's not too hard. And literally excluding the whole world from stuff like this. It's not it's not good. Please, you guys. If you all want CSI Vegas to reach as many people as the original iteration reaches, you have to make available worldwide like the four spin-offs were. So can you all just please? Okay, enough with this with my hour public appeals. So we've seen the two snake picks. That were released this morning. Yeah, and the first one is of Josh at a crime scene. It's the Dominatrix that get killed that get killed on the first episode. And then Max and Catherine walks into the crime scene and we <laughs> Josh calls Catherine Miss Willows and tells her that they met on her last day 
which was his first day. I mean, I'm not sure if that was a reference to the episode that Meloria took had a part in, which was Miss Miss Willow in the Winds, right? Willows in the Winds or Miss Willow Regrets. You just mixed up two titles. Yeah, sorry. So her name was in these two episodes. I don't know if that was intentional, if that was a reference, because he used to play as FBI agent on on CSI before he actually became a CSI on CSI. And then Max and Catherine walk in into the into what is called the dungeon, but it's which which in my Twitter I had theorized that that was part of the crime scene because whenever a crime happens, the CSIs are the ones responsible for figuring out where the person was killed and they can determine if only the room where the body was found is the crime scene or if the entire house is the crime scene. In this case, it appears, I'm not sure, but it appears that the living room and the dungeon are going to be the crime scenes, the primary crime scenes. And on the second sneak peek, Josh is reconstructing part of the crime scene and Catherine comes in to check on him, to check on if he has any progress or not. And... Catherine imposed her phone when Max sends her a text. And we see a picture of Catherine with another woman. She is white and dark-haired. And they're both smiling in the picture. I know that some people are going to theorize that that could be Catherine's girlfriend. And it could very well be. And we know that's going to make some fans... Mad, dissatisfied, which is so. I mean, I'm just gonna say right up. It's, it's gonna be really uh, homophobic of them to, to think that that is really bad. That's a bad thing because it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And honestly, it might be better for her because all of the guys she was with was so disastrous. Half of them cheated on her. And honestly, good for her. If she figured out that she loves women. So what if she's she she's already got a daughter and a grandbaby? So what if she has a grown-up daughter and a grandbaby? She looks at the picture right as right as Josh is asking her why she came back to Vegas. I mean, it could very well be that that woman in the picture came to Vegas and she is trying to get her back or they could be just best friends and that just happens to be a picture of her with her best friend we all had time in our lives when we had pictures on our phones with our best friends and yeah and the picture says benny one second, I will pull up a picture of it because I took a screenshot of that oh that picture by itself. I'm pretty sure there it is. It's Benny had a no a lot. It's from somebody named Benny, which could be the girl because Benny can be gender neutral. Yeah. It says Alonzo headed to Fremont. 
Or could be a PI. Could be a PI, yeah. That maybe, I don't know, maybe that woman in the picture is Catherine's girlfriend who had something, something went wrong for her in Vegas and she maybe she's missing. Or nothing happened and they just had a disagreement in their relationship and Catherine thinks that they can work things out and that's why she came back to Vegas and just trying to set it up was a route in Vegas by joining Max's team. Yeah, because uh, reason and yet people can say, what about her casino? She may still own her casino, but in a different second sneak peek released earlier this month, I think it was about September, I love about September 10th, Catherine was talking to Max about why she wants to join the team. She was kicked off the board. But before we get continuing more about our theories and such, we also are going to be talking about stuff from season one to refresh the memories. So I have a whole page. <laughs> Ross gets attacked and Sarah rushes back to Vegas to help solve the case. During an investigation, a storage unit is found, making the other PD think that former lab tech Chauncey Isai, David Hodges, has falsified evidence. Sarah doesn't believe what she sees, calls her hubby Grissom. He appears at the end of the first episode. Son Grissom goes to build out Hodges and figures out that he is married and about to become a father. When the two couples get to Catherine's casino, we see Brass, who is going blind, and he automatically thinks Hodges is guilty. You know, one doesn't Brass thinks anybody's guilty after that. Well, I think Brass always suspected something was off with Hodges, to be honest. But also, if we look back to season eight, he thought Walker was guilty when he wasn't. But let's get back to this. Grissom wants to follow the evidence while Sarah, mint- while Sarah maintains Hodges' in- in- innocence. The sheriff brings in Nora Cross to look through everything. Hodges did. But the Grissoms play her a fool. Before Max is suspended, she helps out Sarah and Grissom every chance she gets. Sarah discovers who is framing Hodges is defense lawyer Anson Wicks. Annie and Josh are always investigating the case of the week. Right before Hodges' trial starts, Sarah loses her ring and human body goo, and Grissom finds it. <laughs> human body goo. Get you a man or a woman that would go through human goo just like you, Grissom, did. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Get you a man to do both. Okay. <laughs> Hodges gets kidnapped, and Sarah Grissom finally able to arrest Anson Wicks. During the stay on land, Grissom gets land sickness. Hodges is found. And his name cleared, his wife, who also likes weird collectibles, gets forced to a boy. Also, I was the only one who maintained Anna Hodges' innocence. The only one who rather holds the series out of the podcast and maintained her innocence. You know what? I thought she was a bit suspicious, but I didn't think... She knew enough of forensics to know that that she could put the blame on her husband. The final thing, we see a montage. Ali finding a mountain down ring, key ring, key, I mean, that drafted because her controlling ex kept trying to, her controlling boyfriend kept trying to get her to get new jobs. 
Max getting her office back, a wonderful Judy star kiss on a roller coaster. And while Max is getting her office back, her son is helping her restore it. And, and then the very final scene, we see a serial killer. While they're talking about Anson's how long he's been sentenced to jail, we see a serial killer. Dun, 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 dun. And now season two, we're going to find out about said serial killer, which leads me to one of my theories. You know, can I just say something? I feel like that serial killer was killing right under the team's nose throughout the entire season. But the other, I don't know, night shift or day shift, because we're not sure in which shift the team works on was working separately on that case and they were too focused on Ansel Wicks and the cases of the week to notice. Yes. So. So Brie has a million series. So she's going to say. I only have four. <laughs> so Brie has like a million series and she's going to put her series first and I'm going to put my only theory. Yes, I just got one theory. Bree's got more series than I do because she watched this sneak peek with Catherine and Max that was released earlier this week. I mean, it's almost October, but earlier is September. I didn't because I want to keep the mystery alive. So go ahead, Bree. So the serial killer that relates to what I just said. I think the serial killer is a mix between the Zodiac killer and BTK. BTK killer did, was killing people in the late 80, 80s and early 90s. And I think the Midwest area. Yeah, if you are not sure what BTK stands for, it means it was the MLD mother's operandi that the killer worked under. It was bound, torture, and kill. And the Zodiac, if you don't know if who the Zodiac was or is, because we're not sure if he's alive or not. He got the name Zodiac because he called himself Zodiac. I don't know. It's been too long since I've lied sort of this case. But he used to kill couples. He started killing couples on Lover's Lane and then he proceeded to kill couples on more public settings. And he had, would always kill the kill the man and, and make or maybe make their victims kill each other it always varies one of the reasons why the police couldn't catch him was simply because of racism because they thought that Zodiac was a black guy even though the descriptions didn't match but there's a good movie with Mark Puffalo so if you want to watch that that's okay and the reason why I think it's because both of those killers would leave messages for cops to find. Yeah, but the difference is, is because the Zodiac leaves used to leave encrypted messages. And we know that he, he does messages, encrypted messages too from the very last scene. Yeah, so we knew we were going to get an encrypted message. And the BTK killer did also. He wasn't found until I think his daughter found something. No, he, uh, I think he was found because he, he asked the police if he could send like this hard drive or this, this disc 
and it wouldn't trace back to him. So the police obviously knew that the this could be traced back to him, but they told the BTK that it wouldn't be. So he sent them a disc, and police was able to track the locations from which BTK recorded or whatever info he had left for police on that disc. And they traced his location, and they went to that location and arrested him. So we see in the promos that Ali's hair is different. And if you watch enough CSI, after one of the characters, Mary Beamer, goes through a drastic breakup, they changed their hair quite a bit. So I think Ali has broken up with that controlling boyfriend. Except if the, if the character was Nick, because Nick goes through faces. So... Yeah. But I'm talking about like when Catherine and Sarah went through a breakup, they would change their hair quite a bit. Usually dyeing it, but Catherine would dye and style it differently. it. So, my next two theories connects to what Carr is talking about, the, the sneak peek I saw in early September. So, theory number one. As they see in clip that Catherine is no longer on the casino board, I think it's because of how Grizzly and Sarah stayed there last season. She made sure that they didn't pay for anything, even though Grizzly brought in a bunch of weird stuff to create his own lab. I don't think... She would be kicked out of the board because she let her friends stay for free. And, and they were saying weird things. Well, I'm pretty sure she's a safe guy. She probably knows. She'll probably know even harder things that the other board members did. But no, she was kicked. She was voted out. So. Maybe yeah. because she didn't spend so much time in the U.S. as she did. I mean, she was back in Ireland, but we don't know for how so, long she was there. So the main reason why Catherine gave for her not being a part of the board, most she doesn't get along with criminals. And Max says, I think you're not telling me something. Maybe one of the Mormons, the board members, is a criminal who did some crime. Yeah. And so my next theory. As we know, the guy who played Hugo will not be coming back for the next season. And in the in the in the sneak peek that I saw, Max says that one of her best guys is training with the FBI. I think it's Hugo. That would be sick, and that would be great. If, and even greater if he came back for a few episodes with his training. Mm-hmm. And I already said my third theory. My other, my other two theories. So what about you, Kari? What's your theory? My theories, huh? I only got one. <laughs> Shocking. I know, and because last season they had quite a few, right? I think about like four or five. This, uh, I had to BS some of my theories, just so you most dreaded my theories, just so you know. Well, so my theory 
is solely based on one scene that we've seen from the the longer trailer, the one that has one minute and one minute and thirty seconds. It's on our Instagram account, by the way. So there is a scene that we think is from the episode "The Painted Man." in which they find the victim completely covered in what appeared to be white paint. But that is my neighbor's cat. If you hear Sir Merlin, that's my neighbor's cat. And if you heard rumbling earlier, that was my garage. My dad was just taking out the trash. Well, and they and they're in the crime scene, I think. Max, Josh, Catherine, Penny, and Allie. I think Penny's in the, in the, she's there too. And the victim is dead, but one of her hands, I believe the right hand, it is just the bone, just the bones of, of her hand, of her fingers, actually. Oh, he has fingers. We're not sure if the, if the victim is a woman or is a man. And when uh, the more I watched and rewatched the whole trailer, the more I thought about the fact that that white paint, the white paint that we thought it was paint, I think, is cast cast as the one that people use when they break their bones. Part of the theory also comes from the fact that I recently had to wear a cast on my arm because it broke my arm. My left arm, actually. I was just like, Sarah, I'm going to be just like Sarah in a few in a few weeks, actually. Because I think that that thing is too thick to be paint. So I think it's most definitely cast. But I just, I don't know how. The killer does it, how, how he or she takes out the, takes out the skin and then the muscles and maybe even the organs before he or she uncovers the victim in cats. We know that he doesn't do that, at least with the eyes, because we can see the eyes of this victim. <laughs> And we all know that CSI does get inspiration from real life cases. I was doing this entire thread on real life cases that might inspire CSI. I stopped it, but I'm going to continue as soon as season two ends. And I was looking for any sort of crime, any sort of serial killer crime that Murray involves, specifically bones if the bones played a factor in the crime or not. And I found one, a serial killer that might still be out there in Chicago, I think, in the Chicago area. Yeah. If you're living in Chicago and I'm saying completely nonsense, I'm sorry, but the name of the serial killer is the Bone Collector. They gave an, I mean, I cannot stress this enough, and we cannot, authorities cannot keep giving serial killer names because they glow toners. And Criminal Lines does a wonderful job in highlighting this aspect. So let's just not give names, let's just not give recognitions 
to serial killers, but well, the bone collector, he or she is called the bone collector because they kept finding entire skeletons of missing women in the Chicago area, if I'm not mistaken. And the FBI still does not know if the, the person responsible for this type of crimes, if they're dead or if they got arrested on unrelated charges or if they simply got away with it. And I know it's completely different because in the scene that we see on the, in the trailer, the victim appears to be literally just with a cast throughout her entire body. And I don't know if you guys ever wore a cast before or watched somebody get a cast on. It's literally, it's a messy job that is done when the nurse or whoever is responsible to put a cast on the person is wearing gloves. But Max does get a fingerprint. Maybe that fingerprint is put, maybe the person touches the cast later. But the it seems to be shiny, so I don't know if that's paint too, if the person painted the cast. But cast does, they, it, it does have some shiny things. It does shine when light is on the cast because it's white, so it reflects all the colors. And I think that Allie is going to be really involved in this case because we've seen from previous episodes that whenever there is a sexual assault in any case that she is working on, she does, they does get a reaction from her. We're seeing in Long Pig that she found out that the victim that, that was killed, she, that he helped with his dad rape another girl and that messed with her. So I don't know if they're going to figure it out that the victims of the serial killer was sexually assaulted. And that case, I think, is going to be really heavy on Ellie's mind. I think it's going to be really heavy on her mind. Because we do hear her say on the trailer, he, he's hunting people. And on the longer trailer, we see her walk into a crime scene with Josh, I think. And then later in the trailer, we see Josh really worried walking into somewhere. I think that's, <laughs> that could be a, a, a Desert Palms, the hospital that we've seen so many times in CSI. Maybe something happened to Ellie and that's why he's so worried about her. I think the same way that the miniature killer messed with Grissom, the what some the killer that we think is gonna be called the painted man. And it's gonna mess with Allie. Literally the same way that Natalie Davis messed with Grissom because I think we I said this a couple of times on on this show before. I think Allie 
is a lot more like Grissom, and Josh is a lot more like Sarah. And I think Allie broke up with her controlling boyfriends and is trying to open more, open herself more to Josh because from what we see in season one, something might have happened to them, but we're not sure what. I've had this theory that she, something happened to Allie and then might have involved the sexual assault or not. And Max and and Josh were the ones to help her. But another scene that I'm really, really worried about is one in which Penny is looking at four dead bodies in the morgue. And I tweeted about it and I tagged Paula and Sarah, Paula Nielsen that plays Max and Sarah Gilman that plays Penny. And I was like, I swear to God, if something happens to Penny, I'm going to be so upset. And then both Max and both, I mean, both Paul and Sarah tweeted some cryptid things. And I was like, what does that mean? Is something going to happen to her? Like, it's something going to happen to Penny because in that particular scene, Penny is so worried and so scared. I don't know if the serial killer is going to, I don't know if they're kidnapping Ellie because we did see, we did see a scene in the trailer in which this madman is driving two women in his car and those two women are so scared to death that they are on his car and we also see three men with Colmax with Colmaxes and I think that they are part of the Halloween episode I think they're part of the Halloween episode we're gonna get a Halloween episode this season <laughs> and it really reminded me of those, I don't know if you all have seen it, but the Batman from the most recent Batman from last year, I think. It was too long. It didn't have to be that long, but it was too long. And we see in the beginning of the movie, some, some people were just painting faces and the scene that we see on the CSI trailer was that those people wearing those skull masks. It really reminded me of that scene. In fact, when I first saw the last scene of the serial killer writing code, I really, the first thing that came to my mind was the Riddler, the Riddler from Batman. I'm seeing some, it might be crazy because I, I, because even though I'm a Marvel girl, I always watch the viewers movies whenever they come out I'm seeing a lot of a lot of things that I saw on the Batman so I don't know if if what I'm seeing is exactly what's gonna happen or not but I just think that the serial killer that we're gonna see might be inspired by the Riddler, or we might be dealing with two different 
like they say, incorporates two different concepts. Like we, maybe it's a team. Who knows? Maybe it's a team. One that writes a cult and one that does the dirty, the dirty work of killing people. It's possible. I mean, I, I don't see it yet. Like when Bree told me that uh, this shit is a serial killer. Could be a mix between BTK and and Zodiac on the Zodiac. Why not two different people? Why not one that might writing called and the other one who does the dirty work? Because to kill someone and also have because it's too hard to invent your own code and write about it. And it seems like this killer is going to leave these ciphers for the investigators to find out who is the killer, why those victims are killed, you know, what are the motives and all that. And, and the CSR are going to need a cipher key. And they could... And... I know I did say that I was going to try to break it, and I did try to break it, but I couldn't because I'll need a, a cipher key or need to figure out a word. And from there, I will try and break the other words. But nothing like that was ever released. I mean, so far. Right? We don't know that we've down the word. They're going to release some cipher key that we can use. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I do see a lot of influenced from what from what people are actually into these days i see that i can totally see the influence of pop culture in csi i'm, I'm not trying to sound biased because i'm a gen z i'm not trying to sound biased because this is the type of thing that would attract someone from from my generation but this is how shows and movies are doing storytelling nowadays. And uh, people, there's a lot more people that are interested in true crime right now than there were in like five years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like people from my generation, from great generations, where they are picking up those crime shows from the past. And watching them again, and people who watch criminal minds or CSI re religiously, like me and Brady or NCIS, you know, people are watching those shows again because true crime is now a very famous thing, mostly in the female audience, because as women, we do see ourselves in the victims and one thing that I love about CSI is that they don't romanticize the killer which unfortunately has been happening with a lot of the production of the true crime genre of movies and TV shows especially new from Netflix I love that show. I love it. Okay. I, I've read some of the first book. It's a lot more graphic than the show. But the way they romanticize Joe 
you're not supposed to feel attraction to someone like that because that person can kill you at any given moment when you stop serving any type of benefits that they want because that is just how their mind works. And I love shows like CSI, Kundumura, and CIS because we do not see, we do see a lot of propaganda. We do see a lot of, although in CSI Vegas, we did not see that in, this, in season one, which is really good. We're not seeing so much for propaganda as we used to in the past. But this type of shows, they don't romanticize the killer. Not usually, yeah. I mean, I love when the Rossi from No Minds, I mean, you don't, you, you might not watch uh, Criminal Minds, but there's this one time that they asked Rossi, who's an FBI agent, how could, could he not see a serial killer, a criminal as a monster? And Rossi answers the questions like, I cannot see him or her as a monster. I cannot see them like that because if I do, I'm already going to try and talk to this person and already judging them. I don't know them, but I do know that they are killer. They are, they are a killer, a psychopath. They did something wrong. He says something along those lines. And I'm not saying that, oh, you should all totally respect these people. No, you should not. But you should not romanticize it either. I'm saying this because, uh, because I mean, and just recently Netflix released a movie about Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer. And I just don't want it to happen. The same thing that happened when they, when Netflix released a movie about Ted Bundy. But, you put, have, but even before all these people have been fantasized. Romanticizing serial killers. That's why they have so many stuff about, like what they had with Nate Haskell. Nate Haskell had jail brides. I know. I know. And that's the reality. Serial killers also have lives, guys. They, they also have lives. They also got family, even though they don't do not have the ability to love. They do not have the ability to love. They have a, a bride's grooms because they just want something from these people. And just like they has go dead, once they fulfill their job, they're gone. They're dead. And one thing that is, I think CSI is going to do is not romanticize the killer because we did, we saw that on CSI Vegas season one. That there was not a cop candle, but at the same time, they did not romanticize any killer that we had on the on the weekly cases that Josh and Italy worked on, or even in some weeks, we did not see a romanticization, even though that he did make good arguments. We on we were on the CSI sides, but that's like, because we know the CSIs. That's because we know the CSIs, but when Sarah was looking through the list and she's like, I don't know anyone from this list. Because, <laughs> I mean, if those people didn't know them, they would hear the CSR arguments and be like, yeah, whatever. And then someone will come with some nonsense that makes perfect sense. And they will walk like, yeah, you're right. 
spring. I'm just saying that the in season two they're building up this serial killer case, and I'm pretty sure it's gonna it's probably gonna have some Woody RT influence because that's the thing with Jason Tracy. You know, we're gonna see some Sherlock Holmes references, and that serial killer. It's probably gonna. It's it's. They're gonna be really smart. They're gonna be very intelligent. But I just hope that they don't romanticize this killer because we don't want that. We don't want a serial killer that has been romanticized because even especially if it's a man. Like, what about Natalie Davis? Do any of us romanticize that? Do any of us was like, oh, she is right. Do any of us say that? I mean, there could be someone that said that, but they didn't romanticize Natalie Davis. In fact, they judge her rightfully so because she was a killer. And they also try to stop her from, I, well, we don't know for a fact, but pretty sure it's since it's Grison. They probably could yeah. stop from committing suicide. Yeah, I mean, most likely, yeah. But then you see the whole Nat and Haskell case. I mean, if you didn't watch those seasons, you can most definitely watch specifically the Nate Haskell episodes. If you want me to, to do this list of Nate Haskell episodes, I will. Because he's introduced on the very last person episode. Well, second, first to last. Yeah. And we follow this guy along a few seasons. And first of all, I've said this quite a few times, but the actor that plays him did a wonderful job of playing a psychopath. Oh my God, yes. It's so hard to see him as a good guy in other things I've seen him in. He did a wonderful job. I think his name was like Bill Erin or something like that. Let me just sure. And one, you guys, <clears throat> sorry. Suicide doesn't scare me a lot. Yes, his name is Bill Oren. Suicide doesn't scare me a lot. But when I saw that episode in which Nate Haskell was killed, and there's always like some flashbacks coming back, you know, seeing Ray fighting Nate Haskell. That is a serial killer. That's exactly how a serial killer behaves. That's exactly how psychopaths behaves. I'm not saying that all psychopaths are, are serial killers because that's the thing. That's also a misconception. Not all serial killers are psychopaths and not all psychopaths are serial killers. But yeah, okay, season three. Season three. I hope there's a season three, but season two. CSI Vegas is tomorrow, right? Because, I mean, it's, by the time you're listening to this, it's already Wednesday. If you're listening to it Wednesday. Yeah. So, season two is tomorrow. September, September 20th. Yes, aka September 29th, 10, 9 central. Yep. And we're going to be watching. We're going to be tweeting along using our, our, our 
personal account on Twitter. My Twitter is at cap, short for Captain Caps, C-A-P, Marvel, M-A-R-V-E-L, Saito, you know, from Sarah Saito. And I'm going to be, we're going to be live tweeting the episode and also watching together. And I'm going to post my reactions as I watch the episodes because on Friday I'll be finally graduating from university. So if I do get to make a speech, I'm going to, I'm just going to be talking about CSI throughout five minutes, whatever. So we're going to be doing next week. What are we going to be doing, Bree? She's gone. 201. I'm going to do a whole breakdown, you know, I'm going to rewatch that episode. Boy, we. Both of us are. And we're going to to get all of the details, all the Easter eggs, if there is any, for you. Okay, so stay tuned for that. And there's a new update for for some future episodes. So already know the first episode, she's gone. The second episode is The Painted Man. I'm just now checking IMDb. That's why we're doing this. The third episode week will be called Story of a Gun. Hey, Story of a Gun? Mm-hmm. And that sounds... Sound, the Story of a Gun sounds like the type of episode that could have some references to episodes from the past. Or could be just be an oddball episode where it could be something about a death on a musical stage because of or that's too. Chicago. It could be a musical too. <laughs> so I just mean my musical nut. And then the fourth episode called Koala. Hmm. Okay. We still only five episodes are up for some odd reason. Yeah, but and at we're... least... We're going to have at least 18 episodes. Mm-hmm. So, also, if you watch Criminal Minds, Criminal Minds comes back from the Minds Evolution premieres November 24th. So, I mean, if With, that's your thing. For Americans, that is Thanksgiving. Well, that's not Thanksgiving for the rest of the world, but I'll be watching. I probably won't be able to watch until Black Friday. I mean, but if you all want us to, to do some talking from the mice too i mean i mean hit us up you know twitter us dm us email us okay we're not if you have any idea just tell us and we'll do it and okay next week we're gonna be breaking down the first episode of csi vegas season two so thank you so much for listening we love you bye love you bye Thank you.